Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We know Colorado is coming to the Big 12. What is next? What's the timeline look like? And what should we be looking for as that process unfolds? That's coming up today on the Neighborhood Watch. I am your host, Josh Neighbors. Uh, here on Crystal Ball College Football, part of 365 Sports Network. We cover all things Big 12, both conference realignment side, on the field side, betting-wise, five-plus days a week. Know a lot of folks are new to the channel here. Some folks are rediscovering some of my work. I used to be with Locked On Big 12. I am now here covering the Big 12 once again for the folks at Crystal Ball College Football and 365 Sports. So, if you all have not hit that subscribe button yet, please do. Five plus days a week, some of the best Big 12 content and college football content you will find anywhere. We're on the road to 12K. Our goal is 12K by the beginning of the college football season for the Big 12 season. That is in about a month's time. So please, please, please subscribe. If you cannot listen to us uh, or watch us on YouTube, you guys can find the Neighborhood Watch wherever you guys get your podcast. Five stars, please on those uh, reviews leave a review also if you feel so inclined that helps the reach of the show as does liking videos leave questions too we'll do a realignment mailbag at the end of the week we were supposed to last week but guess what we got too much news this week a conference realignment mailbag is in the works unless something does happen which knowing how things are going possible uh that's not inside information that's just me saying it is possible uh i got some news last tuesday and you know about what things that would happen later on in the week and it was it was all correct so um just be on the lookout for that kind of that kind of stuff news popping up through the week find us on twitter at nwpod365 you guys can find me at josh neighbors underscore as well all right let's get to today's show so I think I'll begin with an article that Jason Shear, Wildcat Authority, wrote. He said, Arizona's next step in realignment should be an obvious one. Now, this one is from July 28th. So I'm recording this on Monday. This is from three days ago. And I think Jason hits a lot of the touch points here that I want to get to. 
He says in this piece, when, it, uh, when Colorado announced its move to the Big 12 on Thursday, it laid out the reasons why it became the only option for the future of athletics department. Quote, after careful thought and consideration, it was determined that a switch in conference would give CU Boulder the stability, resources, and exposure necessary for long-term future success in college athletics at an environment that is constantly evolving. That's what a joint statement from Chancellor Philip DiStefano and A.D. Rick George said. He says, Arizona, are you listening? Those are Shearer's words. We fully acknowledge that every school in the Pac-12 wanted to keep the conference together. That's something that on this show we've been talking about a whole lot. After all, it would have meant that there was a good enough media deal in place that George Klyabkov was able to deliver the stability that the conference members wanted so badly. Unfortunately, that's not the case. There are no hard numbers being presented and no end in sight. So let's stop right there. I think it's important to note, and I've noted this all the way through, that these schools did want to stay together. As much as people on Twitter are, you know, are sniping Big 12 versus Pac-12, all of those things, there is no denying that Colorado and Arizona specifically have, uh, Colorado did, in my opinion, and Arizona even to a further extent, have given George Klyavkov every opportunity to make a deal. Now, it's just not just because they want to say, hey, look, the deal wasn't good enough if it turns out to not be good enough. And Arizona said we've had, or Colorado rather said, we have had enough. But it's also because, in my opinion, there is a genuine desire for these schools and for these institutions to remain as a group. Now, I think it hit a certain point where it comes to the numbers, as Jason pointed out, that the hard numbers were not being presented. And the narrative of the Pac-12 try to put out on Pac-12 Media Days, and we understand why they did it, it's because it's Pac-12 Media Days, was that new players had emerged. And because new players had emerged, patience was paying off. And George Glyavkov was not worried about the Big 12. All of those things, by all reports and all kind of the factual information that's come out, did not seem possible. Should George Glyavkov have been worried about the Big 12? Yes. Um, was the patience paying off for member institutions? Not in the eyes of Colorado, and one of those hard numbers being presented, not according to the reporting of Jason Shear and also Ross Dellinger and many others, right? So those things that needed to occur were not occurring, and the problems that Klyavkov did not think were there were actually there, right? That is not to say new players were not involved. That's not to say the Pac-12 still might get a solid media deal, but the conditions that Colorado needed to stay were not being met and they made the move and they made the move in, in very short order. Right. Uh, now this was something, obviously I think that had been, it was clear it was in the works, right? But they were able to get this thing done because they did not get the results they wanted. And they said, all right, no results. We said we need results. They didn't give us results. It's time to move. Big 12 says, come on over. The meeting happens last Thursday. Boom. They're part of the conference 2024. Right. So that is the process there. Arizona, is a bit of a different situation, in my opinion. Let's hear what Jason has to say about that. He says, Klyavkov held a meeting with the Big 12, Pac-12 presidents and athletic directors on Thursday. And sources indicate to Wildcat Authority that it could not have gone worse. At a time where the schools want and need clarity, Klyavkov was unable to give it. We've said it in the past that every school would be looking out for its best interests, and that has never been the case more than it is right now. Schools are on the phones with other conferences trying to secure their future, and the unity statements are somehow less meaningful than they were before. 
Arizona is known to be the next up. There are conversations with the Big 12 that have been already uh, been had, and we expect those to pick up significantly. Colorado is much further down the line than any other school involved in the process, but Arizona is second. The Wildcats know the pitch from the Big 12 and have gone about the process in the right way. The Wildcats never wanted to go first, and Colorado got that out of the way. Robbins will now ask for the numbers like he has in the past, and they won't be presented. Eventually, the Big 12 will push a little bit. When that happens, Arizona is likely to go. That was kind of the that's kind of the money shot for me from all of this. Talk about the, the the kind of the big line. What's the big takeaway? I'll read this one more time. Quote: The Wildcats never wanted to go be the first, and Colorado has gotten that out of the way. Robbins will now ask for the numbers like he has in the past, and they won't be presented. Eventually, the Big 12 will push a little bit, and when that happens, Arizona is likely to go. So this is Jason's opinion, obviously, but also it's using the facts that he knows, is that Robbins, and so he said it last week, look, we're, we're, maintain, we're, we're committed to this process. Uh, and so maybe for Robbins on his side, you're thinking, well, you know, a bit more conservative maybe than the leadership of Colorado. But think about it like this, too. Colorado has been in the Big 12 before. Was it a much different league? Yes, it was. But Colorado has been there before. The devil that you know in some ways. Also, is Colorado in any way, shape, or form tied to another institution? No. Right? Arizona and Arizona State are the two flagship universities in terms of athletics in the state of Arizona. They are together. They are tied together because they are, you know, obviously those two big schools, two big rivals in the same state. And that makes a lot of sense. On the Big 12 side or the Colorado side of things, Colorado State is kind of the other massive school in the state or large school, I guess you could say, in the state. Air Force is there too. But Colorado is the premier institution and they are not in the same league as those other big schools I missed. And I don't think I missed anybody who's major player, right? Colorado State, Air Force, Colorado, the big players in terms of college sports. So because those two things, because their leadership had been having those conversations, I would say slightly more aggressive leadership. I would say not having a tie to another school. And I would say, this is just my opinion, it's not being reported anywhere, but I would also say because they've been in the Big 12 before, and I think John Wilner mentioned the Colorado Big 12 ZNA, all of those things led to a situation, I think, that all of our assessments make sense for Colorado to be the first one to join. Now, Arizona has this choice to make. I am very curious to think that what what is the Big 12's push will be? He says, eventually, the Big 12 will push a little, a uh, little bit. And when that happens, Arizona is likely to go. We know that there are no guarantees in the realignment process. Maybe Klyavkov finds a way to add SMU as soon as 2024 and then proceeds to go add San Diego State in a TV deal that somehow keeps the conference together for five years. That seems entirely unlikely, but crazier things have happened. Arizona does not believe internally a deal is likely and has not this entire time, but Robbins at least is giving Klyavkov the opportunity. Stop there once again. You know, I've thought this for months, and maybe I was too premature with this, where I maybe say mea culpa, is that in March or February, those schools could have said this very thing. You're saying, Josh, it's a bit nearsighted. You should wait longer. But it's always been my thought that the longer that you've gone on, the, the, less, the, the more stress is on your conference because other schools might want to leave. 
Other conferences might make the pitch. And you being on the clock does not make your position any better. So because of you being on the clock, not making your position any better, how does this make any sense that your conference is somehow gaining value? I'd mentioned this last week too. If new media partners are coming to the table, the price being driven up is not what is appealing to them. The, the product is not being more appealing because it's not being played, right? What's the difference in Pac-12 football from February until July? They haven't played any games. There have been no new results. So what is more appealing? Nothing, right? There's actually nothing that is more appealing. So that wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. Also, I thought John Oranda, the Sports Business Journal, made a very strong point where he said, Klyavkov going out there and saying, our partners have come out here and, wow, we feel like we're in a better spot leverage-wise. Things are getting better. In a way, is taunting your partners. It's also just like kind of a strange negotiating tactic. It's not really much of a negotiation in any way, shape, or form, in my opinion. It's just kind of weird being like, it's payoff. It's going to pay off when you show me a freaking TV deal, dude. And that gets to another piece of this, the statements, right? We saw another statement from the Pac-12 presidents. And my man, Spencer McLaughlin, called me and, and asked me about this. But I'll show you all the statement. This came out the other day. And uh, I had some thoughts about this. And I think, you know, a lot of folks out there had some thoughts about this. The Pac-12 is comprised of world-leading universities and athletic programs who share commitment to developing the next generation of leaders, supporting student-athletes, uh, academic and uh, athletic success. We remain committed to our shared values and to continuing to invest in our student-athletes. Today's decision by the University of Colorado has done nothing to disrupt that commitment. We are focused on concluding our media rights deal and securing our continued success and growth. Immediately following the conclusion of our media rights deal, we will embrace expansion opportunities and bring new fans, markets, and excitement and value to the Pac-12. Now, that is a blasé statement in my opinion. Spencer McLaughlin, who hosts Locked On Pac-12 and having this show, and we'll have him again on this week, made a strong point of saying, well, what else are they supposed to say? It's not a bad point. But when you've just been railroaded and run over and have lost the public relations battle, another run-of-the-mill statement of unity is not enough. Now, maybe some members will not consent to it, but that is you know, saying something different. But that is part of the issue here, right, is that the members – the, the, the membership has not been putting out strong enough statements. And it's almost like we realize now at Colorado, we must be more aggressive. The time is now. Every opportunity available, every option available, whether it be television rights, revenue sharing, and expansion are all on the table, and we are aggressively pursuing them together, right? Because you say all options on the table makes it sound like, hey, everybody's pursuing their own options. If you say all options are on the table for the league, and we are pursuing them together aggressively. It might not be the truth, but at least it's something stronger there because this is a run-of-the-mill statement. It does not indicate the processes being taken inside the conference are changing. And to me, ultimately, that is why I think Arizona will end up a Big 12 member. I've tried to stay away from predictions throughout this process just because I think I'm somebody that news-wise has felt like I'm someone who is, for you all, the listener out there, trying to look at the news, 
trying to talk to certain folks with a lot of interviews about this process. And we're going to have uh, try to have Andrew Marsh and on here this week and get a pulse of what's happening, what has happened and what, and use that as a best way to not predict, but to prognosticate about what we think might happen next. That's kind of been my big um, attempt. And I hope you feel like I've done, uh, you all feel like I've done a good job of, of doing that. Um, that being said, if you have Jason Shear out here saying, look, man, it feels like it's trending this direction. And he is well known you know, in the Arizona circles. Now, he has been more of a pro Big 12, kind of a pro Arizona move, make the Big 12 move, I should say. Not pro Big 12. He's an Arizona guy, but pro Arizona needs to make the Big 12 move type person, as has uh, been Michael Luke. Um, you know, and that if, you, if you feel that way, that's fine. But Arizona should make the move for the same reasons that Colorado uh, sh- you know, has made the move. There is security. There is a fit here. I cannot guarantee your mark is going to be there, but the aggressive, here's the thing. Think about this from a big 12 perspective, right? The leadership has been strong and aggressive. And I think the big 12 maintaining the leader up top is going to be hard. Brett, your mark is winning every PR battle he has accomplished a lot so far as big 12 commissioner, and it looks like he'll continue to do so. Even if he is not the commissioner anymore, I think we can pretty safely assume the Big 12 is, and I know it's going to be hard to replace this kind of guy, but they're going to look for somebody who's a lot like Brett Yormark. If they said, Josh, you are applying for Big 12 commissioner once Brett Yormark has left, I would call Brett Yormark if I had his phone number, and I would ask him, and if, especially if you're somebody who's like friends with him, you know, if you're somebody, and Brett knows everybody. So if you're somebody who knows Brett, I would be like, hey, Brett, what would you pitch? Help me. I want this job. Now you're on the way out. I would listen to Brett Yormark's recommendations. They'll be searching for whoever is just like Brett Yormark because this is working. It's working for the Big 12 right now. Now, is this aggressive manner going to always work? Who knows? Will the Big 12 New York thing work? Will the Big 12 target UConn? Will the Big 12 target Gonzaga? Is the basketball, you know, here's the thing is like the basketball part of this, Brett Yormark's risk assessment, are they going to go all out and out of UConn? Does he have the weight to do it? Now, even though this move of getting Colorado looks great, let's just say the Pac-12 gets a deal done and Arizona's a no. Do you go all in on a UConn? Or if you're Gene Taylor, if you're Jamie Pollard, say, or you know, if you're the membership of these schools, say, you know what? We love you, Brett. This is a great move, but we're not sure about UConn. And guys, I'm not sure about UConn. I'm still not sure about UConn. That's why all of my chips right now, if I'm Brett, your marketing company, are in on Arizona. But the point here is, going back to the strong leadership thing, the Big 12 knows what kind of leader they need. They need an actions person. They need somebody that will take action and uh, they can check that person. Because I, I remember reading the article, I forgot the football scoop writer who wrote this a little while ago, saying uh, the, the Big 12 presidents need to be careful or else they're going to end up in Brett Yormark's world and they might not love what they see. Well, Brett Yormark's world, he doesn't get everything he wants. Decisions have to be made by the universities. They check off on these things. That's why they met and voted to together on Thursday. Brett doesn't control everything. So you want somebody like that. And I think the Big 12 understands leadership like that is what they need. They need actions, people. They need to push for action. They need somebody who's got ideas, even if all the ideas are not great ideas. And I think because of that, I think that I think Arizona sees that. Um, my question is this, how aggressive does the Big 12 get now? When does that push that Jason Shear mentions happen? 
He said uh, Colorado said the same thing Robbins has been saying the entire process, then decided to make the move when it became too obvious, becomes too obvious to ignore. Arizona seems to be on a similar path. As of now, forget the deadlines. These things never move as fast as people think, and it's not easy as picking up the phone and announcing a few minutes later. This could take time to play out, and there are other schools wanting in the Big 12 now. That doesn't change the fact that it's Arizona's decision to make first and one that is becoming all too obvious. This is another interesting point. This is something I want to attack this week. Arizona's gotten in. They can do this now. They should not be worried about ASU. They should not be worried about Utah. They should not be worried about Oregon. They should not be worried about Washington. Arizona should make this call in relatively short order, in my opinion. Because these things, the, the tectonic plates do move. Now, they, they don't move as fast. A lot of people are saying, oh, here it comes. And here's the thing, guys. People are saying stuff all over Twitter. You all know me. Uh, guess what? Uh, it was Pete Thamel last week. We trust Pete. Stuart Mandel. I know he hasn't always been the kindest guy to the Big 12, but his reporting has been strong. Max Olson's been strong. Ross Dellinger has been strong. Right? Brett McMurphy. I know he's a Big 12 sourced guy, but he's been on the money ever since ESPN said, hey, uh, Oklahoma, Texas negotiations, the Big 12 broke down. Brett said, ah, not so fast. Boom, they found a number pretty quickly. Got that thing done. Brett said the negotiations had not finished. Brett was all over it last week. Andrew Marchand all over it. So when those guys say something, I will believe it. I think Jason Shear is correct in saying this. He's been, he's been saying, guys, let's take some time. But he's been correct in saying the process for Arizona is relatively the same. I, I, he knows this as, as better than I do. But I do think there is some, some consideration for having an in-state partner like Arizona State and just saying, bye, Felicia, see you later. Right? You know, the line from the, uh, from the NWA movie. Um, but you know, I don't know it, uh, it's a out of Compton's movie. I don't know how fast they're going to make this, uh, this movie. It, it might take a little bit of time, but it depends. When does the big 12 want a decision by, right? Cause here's the thing. Should the big 12 pull the trigger fast on UConn? I don't think they should, but Brett, your remark might be putting some pressure on to make that move to do it happen. I think 14 is the number they want right now. I think they would go to 16 if it, if it really hurt the pac 12 and made them basically dissipate uh, and, and put them in a tough spot. I do think as much as I would love to see Oregon and Washington, the conference, I think there is something to the idea of this that, mm, do you want to add two schools that would bolt as soon as the Big Ten gave them an invite? That is a challenge. And also, if the Big Ten gave them an invite, what's to stop them from saying Kansas and K-State come join? I know it's hey, that doesn't really make a lot of sense, but I mean, if you're Kansas and K-State, you got to take that, right? If anybody comes and offers you from the Big Two, you got to take that. You have to. And I know there's been that Kansas Big Ten connection, it feels like. Um, which gets me to some ACC stuff, and we'll mention this later on in the week, but I want to get this out of the way now. Guys, I I have not seen anybody who can substantiate the claims the ACC is going to fall apart. It has been fun fodder. It has been fun discussion. It gives me more content. But I worked at Sirius XM, uh, you know, SEC radio. I worked at Sirius XM. Uh, I worked in the Big Ten a little bit, but not as much. I worked there in a capacity for the, uh, the Big 12 radio, the ACC radio, Pac-12 radio. I worked for all the power conferences. The ACC folks do not like the television deal, but it keeps them together. And they're going to find some more creative ways. They Two schools cannot just leave. And I even heard some tough times. Eight might still be a challenge, even with all the reporting out there. All right? 
So people have suggestions. They have ideas. I want you all to think that they have legitimate questions to ask that you all want to be asked. Everybody's putting suggestions about, hey, yeah, it's how the conference should go. Let's be rea- realistic about this. It's not something the ACC is going to break up. The Big Ten cannot just add a- ACC schools. Uh, the SEC cannot just add ACC schools. The Pac-12 schools could move. The Big Ten says they're not interested. They might be able to get Oregon and Washington for somewhat of a discount. Saw a story today from Nicole Auerbach about the way travel is going to be. Yikes. It does not seem like a great situation, but adding more West Coast schools could help some things out. I don't know. Uh, But there's a lot to consider right now on that front. So Arizona, I expect them to make the move. I expect Arizona to make the move to the Big 12. When that happens, I I just expect some more patience on it. But I think Arizona, because of what we're seeing right now, if if Jason Shear believes the same decision-making process will be used by Arizona that Colorado did, it's hard to think of a situation where they do not come to the same conclusion about the stability of the league. That's where I think this is headed. Let me know your thoughts. Leave a comment, like the video. Please subscribe to the channel. Find us wherever you get your podcast at NWPod365. At Josh Neighbors underscore are the places on Twitter. Crystal Ball College Football, please like, please subscribe. uh, And we'll talk to you folks tomorrow.